0: In the theme of the Scrub Roundtable, we, we have a big listener. He listens to every show that we put out there. And uh, he's been wanting to come on the show for a long time. And so, hey, we're pretty cool. So we just brought Ryan Kruger on the show.
1: So, he answer some questions.
0: Yeah, he had some questions for us. We bopped it around a little bit. I had to, I had to shut him down a few times because it is my show. But what a fun time, man. Thank you, Ryan, for, for requesting it. Thank you for listening, man. We really appreciate it. And we had a blast hanging out with you, man. Thanks to Ryan Kruger, we hope all you lighting dorks out there. Pre- you know what's funny is that a lot of times when we when we talk to other like lighting distributors and people in the industry, Greg, those mm-hmm. are very popular. People seem to really like those shows.
1: Yeah, and you know what's fun about that is that this is episode number one fifty. Seems like every fifty or so we scrub it up. So <laughs> let's continue
0: that tradition. There you go. That's a fifty-one hundred and fifty. That's well, that was pure luck. Yeah. um There you go. Uh, this episode of the show. Uh, a bunch of scrubs down there too that I love at Keystone Technologies. Go to K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H dot com. That's keystonetech.com. I knew you could do it, Josh. Go ahead. What were we going to talk about though, Greg?
1: <laughs> With Keystone. So they have a product that makes sense in some applications. Let me paint the picture for you. I was there yesterday at this customer who had uh, strip fixtures, industrial reflected re- strip fixtures, four foot, eight foot, two lamp, four lamp, um, you know, eight-foot bulb, four-foot bulb, just a mixed match. Small, not that big of a place, but they had every different type you could imagine. So sure, you could come in and do tubes. That's an easy solution. But the reflectors are dirty. They're nasty looking. Now you got to replace the reflector and the tube. Okay, that adds some cost. Reflectors aren't cheap. Now you got to do all this. What's another solution? How about you check out Keystone's integrated strip retro kit? Check that thing out. You'll see it on the screen. Now you can just take the take the reflector off take the ballast cover off, take the tubes out, take the driver out and bang that thing on four foot, eight foot sections, all the colors it's dimming. If you need to get that way, it has a couple of lumen packages and it looks nice. It modernizes these nasty looking strips. So tubes make sense a lot, but not
0: all the time. Sometimes you got to integrate that thing up, put that strip fixture on there. You know, I'll tell you, man, that there's a real argument for that. There's times when you look at that old nasty industrial fixture and you're like, yeah, oh. Oh. you know that body is strong as hell. Like the back part yeah. of it, if it's like 30 years old, it's made of gauge of steel that they just don't make light fixtures of anymore. It's strong as a, yep. like an ox. You bop that retrofit kit in there, man, it looks like a new fixture, man. It's awesome. really nice sometimes, man. So, Keystone, guys, you know, to keep that in your arsenal, go to KeystoneTech.com. That's K E Y S T O N E T E C H dot com, baby. Of course, proud members have Nailed. Here comes Ryan Kruger. Welcome to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. Long time listener, first time on the show, Ryan Kruger. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. It's awesome to be on the show with you guys. It's an honor, honestly. Oh, come on, man. Don't get all crazy on us. Say hi to Greg Eric. <laughs> what? <laughs> greg how you doing good thanks for being on ryan hey
1: you've emailed (laughs) us a few times and and uh and you're (laughs) new to lighting you're you're you you brought up this idea and we thought it was a good one you've been in the industry for about a year and then you wanted to ask us some questions and that's what we're going to roll so maybe tell us what you were thinking and then let's get into it
2: um so basically like i've been in lighting for two years i've been in energy conservation for a total of five and knowledge is kind of the biggest thing. And that's always the hurdle. Anytime somebody asks you a question, if you don't know it or can give them the right direction, you're kind of sitting in the water. And so basically I have a list. Anytime you guys do podcasts, I basically like, okay, here's a question that I have. And so I have a notepad full of questions. And so just look into pick your guys' brain on the best practice for, I guess, retrofit as a whole. Who the whole. hell does this Light? guy
0: think he is coming on show asking the <laughs> questions? <laughs> I asked the questions. I don't know. going to go.
2: People, people have wanted to ask you a lot of questions, but I guess I might be the brain that can actually like relate with what you two do on a daily basis to ask the right questions. So, All right. We'll see. My brain. Let's do it we'll see yeah maybe this will be fun for you guys Mm. Uh, (laughs) um (laughs) so i guess the lighting industry itself is extremely broad and like when i started i did not understand that i just wanted to sell people light bulbs and so like being this last year i was exposed to a bunch of different projects a bunch of different scopes of what you can do within the lighting industry and it's basically based on who calls the office which is kind of weird because you could End up trying to sell MR16s or color changing fixtures on a church steeple. So They're way different. Um, and so you two both run small specialized lighting distributions. What does that actually mean? And like, what do you guys stock? How is the inventory determined? How, like, give a background of what you guys legitimately do.
1: Well, I think we're both different. But I'll give you, I'll give you a little background on myself and then Mike can jump in. And I think that's the first thing to take into mind is when you talk about a specialized lighting distributor, we're all doing something similar, but we're all very different.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We have different types of customers and different ways to go to market and different ways to, uh, and different products to sell and things like that. It's all lighting related, but we all have our own mindset. You know, there are some people that are all about selling just the supply to whoever wants to buy it. There's other people that are into selling the supply to the end user and trying to control the process kind of from start to finish. A lot of lighting distributors sell to contractors, for example. Uh, Myself, my company, we don't sell a lot to contractors. We typically sell to end users and kind of lead the project, lighting retrofit project from start to finish. And I think you'll find that the distributors have had the most success in recent years have, have to have had done projects. They started as a supply house, like somebody needs an MR-16 light bulb that burns okay. out, we sell it to them. And then it was like, well, now they've got this LED. Oh, you have 50 MR16s, why don't you convert them all to LED? And then you start rolling into projects. And from there, it morphed yep. into, you know, everybody having different ideas. So how we do it, we sell to the end user. I think that's a good way to sum it up, is that, is that we try to go from the start to the finish to the end user. Mikey?
0: So I, I think what um, makes a, a lighting distributor unique like, what do you mean when you say what's okay? So, like Greg said, everybody has kind of has different go to market strategies. If you talk to, um, in the last, people had a lot more in common twenty years ago than they do now, okay. Mm-hmm. But what they have, what 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 most of us have in common is a warehouse. So that means mm-hmm. that there's a, a significantly sized warehouse, whether that's two thousand or two hundred thousand square feet, okay. And it has light bulbs in it, okay. <laughs> Right. And so (laughs) there's like a, that, that, that's the first thing. The second thing is usually a multiple dealership model. So they're, they're supporting lots of different brands. So they'll have um, different brands, same product, same product, but in different brands available to them. And then um, the other thing is that they'll have an order desk, And usually counter sales. Not everybody has a counter. Like I know Greg doesn't really have a walk-in counter to serve people. Um, But people will come in and pick stuff up from him. Um, So counter is kind of 50-50. Some guys have counter, a lot of counter sales. Some guys don't. I have a counter, but I don't have a lot of counter sales. Um, So there's order desk, counter sales, warehouse. People call in and they find the bulb they're looking for right? And so that would be what a lighting distributor is. Um the other thing is like the avail like you want to be the person in your town that can always find that light bulb, right? That's kind of what traditionally what a lighting distributor is. Like you'll always be able to find them the the light bulb they need. In the last 15-20 years, well with the first the rise of high efficiency fluorescent, linear fluorescent, that was a major game changer. So then all of a sudden all sorts of HIDs started coming out of the ceilings. If it's round, we take it down that was like an expression we had back then um and we would you know replace that and so then that that dovetailed perfectly with leds and so we kind of smoothly rolled into that and so most distributors are have morphed from you know supplying replacement light bulbs into a host of different kinds of activities bucket trucks doing outdoor signs um but you're right the lighting industry has a lot of outlets at the end at the end of the chain at the end of the channel and some of those outlets uh are sales agencies some of them are distributorships sometimes it's sign people other times it's lighting designers and specifiers and engineers so there's a lot of outlets to the market and we've seen that increase and we've seen the channel become more complicated and kind of invert itself and so a paradigm has shifted quite a bit but generally what you're going to find is a lighting distributor has a warehouse Order desk and counter sales, and then some web website sales too. Many 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 leading distributors don't sell anything online; they still do the traditional model. So, I hope that answers your question.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly <laughs> what I wanted. Um, yeah, because basically on our end, it's like someone calls the office, and like they have X Y Z request. It gets dished to somebody. They go out, and it could be counting an MR sixteen or a three hundred thousand square foot warehouse so like at any given time your knowledge base could be brought into question so like you got to run the whole gamut on all the information that you need to know or at least be able to like find it and then bring it to somebody else and have them break it down and figure out exactly how you're going to need to make the sale um greg you've been in lighting for a very long time so you basically sold metal halide replaced it with fluorescent all the way across the board all the way to led um when you first started working at premiere how did you educate yourself on fluorescent and legacy tech i guess so that could be a question. I started in, too.
1: Yeah, yeah we'll get I'll, I'll do my version first but i started in 2006 so to start off with i never really sold metal halide high base i got to admit that because oh, okay. it was it was at the point when uh high base t8 and t5 high base came along fluorescent so it's uh, maybe a handful, but not many. Primarily what I was doing was going in and replacing high bays with linear fluorescent high bays. Um, so uh, as far as how I learned, uh, back then we didn't really, there weren't as many online training programs. There were a couple um, that were just starting and real basic, but there were more uh, in-person meetings and things too. And and I did a couple in-person. I went to a GE training. I went to a censorship uh, training. I went to a couple others, and there may be some local training that they had at manufacturing reps and things like that. Uh, so I did those. I took every catalog I could. I read them all the time. I, I, I took them home, and I'd read them at night, you know, and, then like, really try to get to understand what everything was, like taking full print catalogs. And then yeah, it was just I mean, getting learning in the field. That's... Yeah. So, it, so it lighting
0: catalogs. We will say
2: catalogs.
0: Okay, so, they're, they're, okay, so they're, they're thinking about like the Sears catalog when you were a kid and you would flip it to the girls oh. wearing the underwear, buddy. Like, that's what they think, <laughs> right? Oh, look at this! That's <laughs> what I mean. did. Uh, yeah. So, but I mean, I when you're looking my lighting catalog, a, a lighting catalog back in the day was packed full of good information. Like, mm-hmm. you would pull out a Phillips catalog on whatever, and then the, the first one third UV of you lighting like, from 1980.
2: No, no, no. It, it, well, I'm it, just it, saying
0: those much. guys were smart, dude. They may have been smarter than the guys now, actually. Um, awesome. Uh, the you open a lighting catalog and you start to read, and you it would have very well written, structured prose that was meant for somebody that was new to lighting to read. Yes, and so you bring home these lighting catalogs, some of them would be the thickest phone books and you'd start reading about CFLs. I know so many guys that tell this story, too, that came into Lighting around the same time Greg and I came into it. And, like, I came in in 2000 or something like that. And I did the same course as Spencer Switch, GE, both Greg. like, hey, you went to that? Yeah, I did, too. Oh, oh my God. Um, but, you know, we both kind of went the same path. But the catalogs were full of cool information, man. I had this whole catalog that talked about CFL retrofit kits. Remember, that? you don't probably, Greg, you might have missed this. I have a
2: question about that.
0: So they used to have like yeah. these kits, these reflectors that you would put together on the bulb and screw like a three-piece thing. Yeah, yeah Panasonic really? had great like ah. uh there's another called carbon in the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. There's another one called Mitor that was that the catalogue for Mitor was so awesome because it you'd flip through it and it would have all these descriptions of an existing fixture and then how you retrofit like I learned more about retrofitting from the Mitour catalog than anywhere else cuz it had really, it all just like laid a out
2: point blank
0: Yeah, they had it all laid out like this is this lamp and this is the kit for it and here's how it goes in and this is why it works mm. and so yeah. on and so forth. It was really good. There was another one called um Ooh, they used to, they made the, they were first company I ever saw that made those retrofit kits where you could go from a four lamp T12 to a two lamp T8 with the reflector. If I could uh-huh. remember their name. Oh man. They had a good name too. I have not
2: seen that picture in a while.
0: So we would put these aluminum kits and then it went to white lighting, white and whatever. And we put with a little dimple in it that would push more light out. And so I learned a lot just from reading catalogs, Ryan Kruger.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing too is was in the field as it is now, but I mean I would go out in the field and I and I would hand write everything and draw it out and I take, you know, we had cell phones, so I took pictures, but I actually had a digital camera. I remember bringing a digital camera yeah. with me, but <laughs> a lot of it was drawing and figuring it out as I yeah. went and I'd come back to the office and ask somebody who might know.
0: So I had a Polaroid a camera. <laughs> I used to when I started, I used like, to take Polaroid pictures and bring them back. Oh, what
2: yeah. did you what did you do? How did you organize the photos, like you do the audit, then you have all your stuff that you've accumulated. Like, how did you organize that? Did it just go in a Manila folder among a ton of other Manila folders full of? No, I just oil? had a
0: big box full of shit. Dump it in there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just
1: kept it on the camera and then scroll back through to find it. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's yeah. Weird. I guess it's just how old stuff is. <laughs> um. That's a good answer both you guys it's sweet um Thanks.
0: thank you ryan
2: you're welcome <laughs> um greg what was the transition like to become the vp of Premier, and what new responsibilities did that bring
1: uh you know it was it was pretty quick turnaround for me that was part of the the deal and me getting in lighting when i did um mm-hmm. but it was uh you know went from focusing on just what you're doing you, yeah. and your activities and, and trying to grow your own sales to everyone else's. And that was my role yeah. is to now have to take on what everybody else is doing and, and figuring that out. And it's all about time management. At the end of the day, everything is. And if you manage right. your time appropriately and if you hire the right people and you train them the right way, then uh, you have more time to do your thing. So uh, for me, it wasn't you know, a huge issue. So um, I right. do pretty well at managing time for the most part. But um, it was a little different to start. And then I got into it and now I don't know any different.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Why did you choose to get your LC over potentially some of the other higher lighting certifications? And I guess um, how has getting that LC benefited your career?
1: Uh, so I, I didn't know that there, I don't know what other uh, accreditations the there are that, yeah, maybe something like that, but it, To me, it didn't make a lot of sense. The LC was, it still is the top certification in lighting, at least in my mind. And I think at most people's mind in lighting. Uh, But I did it just because, uh, you know, I I wanted to advance my learning for one. And, you know, I went through the class and took some time in lighting and it was about five or six years in to lighting that I got, got into it. And another reason why is because I, there's a city in Minnesota that Needs an LC to sign off on a layout in order for the fixture, the project to be approved, and I didn't want to have to go ask somebody else to sign it, so I got it so I could sign it. Um, and that was I don't know, ten years ago. Now it looks like I'm looking at my wall to see the certificate, uh, but it it, it's been worth it. You know, I think it, and it's something where you continue to advance, and you need to to be successful in lighting. You can't learn everything at once. It's going to an ongoing process. So I think it's the best. Certification you can get in line. That's why I did
0: the other thing is that Paul Hafner forced everybody in Nailed to get the LC, he was very, very pushy that way. Um, and uh, so I, one thing we forgot to mention is how much we learned at Nailed.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's where all this stuff, Ryan, really comes from. Is that's why Mike and I are talking. Well, and, I t- got, and doing this. Like, you
2: guys have done your yeah. round tables a couple times, and those are the most interesting because that's like macro level lighting retrofits and you guys kind of span a bunch of different industries so it's super interesting to see people just talking the scrub
0: round tables
2: yeah (laughs) like those are those are super entertaining just because you get like because you guys have been doing this for so long that like you walk through a building and you know exactly how the electrical system works all the lighting and so like your your brain power just allows you like i got this 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 enter it all in sell this as fast as i can done that's not a hundred percent where my brains at, but like I'm getting there. So like seeing you guys do it is awesome. Mm. Like cause the more, like the better your knowledge base is, the like the faster you can get stuff done, the faster you can complete the project, and that's what you want. <laughs>
0: like, I mean, I, I think there's a combo, a as combo pack there, Ryan. I think you wanna you wanna make sure you know sp- speed. The speed comes with the experience, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. You don't get yeah. the experience from using speed.
2: No. Uh-huh. You need a knowledge base first. That's yep. kind of why COVID was interesting. It allowed everything to kind of pause and for me to evaluate what I needed to get better at and where I needed to kind of like focus in and figure out how I can get better at certain areas. Are you so talking I, about
0: the virus hoax? Is that we are talking about?
2: No, no. Nah, it's not even real. Um, <laughs> but like it just it gives you a frame of reference to be like, okay, this is what I need to do. And now, I guess two and a half months, three months later, like I've watched it pick back up, and I've watched like what I tried to improve on actually get better. And the results have happened in the last two weeks, so it's fun. It's like good for you. I don't man. know.
0: That's a good story. That's sweet. Oh.
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, you guys have both in. Been in lighting. Where am I going with this question? Um, what's the strangest request you've ever gotten from a phone call? I had feel that one like two weeks ago that was very entertaining. And I guess like across across the board, if anything sticks out.
0: From a call. Yeah, well, what was your call? i let you go first. Somebody,
2: somebody called in or somebody emailed and had something weird. Okay, so I got, um, we had somebody call in and they wanted UV lighting to kill the Rona. But they wanted it battery operated in a um, A19 that they could attach to a lanyard. We had just had two or three different UV. Oh yeah, we had two. We had two or three different um, like UV companies give us presentations. So like, I fully understand like the science and the fact that it's a xenon bulb that's this big. So I'm I'm thinking like okay, one. I can't just barrage this dude who is clearly like sitting in his recliner. Like, I want a lanyard that can kill the Rona. Like, no, that's not how I get the information that I need from him. So I like poked at it and like, what specifically are you using this for? And he just like unloaded the whole thing. And I basically said like, there isn't a battery operated version of this. Um, Like what you've, and he, he started to get into nanometers of UV, which I know that like I had I had to figure out how to state exactly what the science was without coming st- like coming off standoffish.
0: So you're you're in stage two of your development. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's four stages.
2: How many? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So stage two is like cocky with a little bit of knowledge. Uh-huh. Like you're, you have enough knowledge, Ryan, to be dangerous. I need to get hit in the face a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like so. The 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 tagline of Atlas Lighting is the strongest in lighting supply. That's our tagline. You know, premier uh, for yeah. all your lighting needs. I think it is for you, right? right?
2: No, I'm changed ah, a little. To but yeah, connected Wait, to you. Yeah,
0: yeah, whatever. It's like those are yeah, yeah. the real yeah, tagline. The real tagline of Atlas Lighting is: we sell you whatever you want to buy. Exactly.
2: Yeah. If you if it was feasible and that and I could have got that guy what he wanted, yeah. sure. But he needed a xenon pulse yeah, bulb but it's with like a backpack with a battery in it attached to like a cable. Yeah, I find but neck, I,
0: like. I find that what happens with people in kind of stage two when they start mm-hmm. to actually get a little bit of knowledge, they know some stuff, they can actually help people. They uh-huh. go out and they get not into arguments, but they get into these long, drawn out phone calls where they're giving people all manner of free information and different uh-huh. advice and when there's no sale at the end of it or whatever. I find that a lot. What you want to do is like for me is Yeah, how do you cut
2: it down? Like I Yeah, can you wanna like get it, you, you wanna get, get away and, from like, the you vet.
0: You gotta get away from those people. Like the people but they that buy stuff. Right. No, no. If you, but if you have nothing to sell them, you definitely yeah. don't want to be arguing with them, spending time yeah, on the phone. You know what I'm talking about, it, Greg? I don't know. Did you ever experience this? It's like some yeah. guy going on and on and on and on and on. And sometimes it's actually a competitor who's calling you, spying on you. Oh, well, you Like, what other God. companies do you guys sell to? And yeah, the guy's just talking. They'll be listening to this, yeah. this guy. And then all of a sudden a pen gets thrown at him. What are you talking about, boy? <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> Right, so you want to be careful, right, with that? With too much, yeah. There's like a stage in lighting where you have enough knowledge to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right, you want to be, especially with UVC lighting. I don't think anybody knows shit.
2: To be honest with you, no. I I've gone... like I'm
0: talking distributors it, here.
2: I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the scientists or well, the scientists have the science, but like I don't know how it gets deployed effectively.
0: So. Uh, weirdest phone call, Greg. What was your weirdest phone call? I
1: I was trying to think of it. I don't know. I don't think I've had anything weirder than that one. That was an email, uh, though. I was just saying. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying
0: to think of a weird phone call here. Where I mean, um, I've had people trying
1: to you know retrofit things that should shouldn't be be retrofitted a certain way. You know, like people trying to take a PLL lamp, a long four pin plug in, and convert it into uh, without changing without getting socket bars, convert a two by two fixture into two foot tubes you know you need a socket on each end now and mm-hmm. and you know they've they've come up with creative ways i've had one guy who would like cut a hole in the side of it and oh. recessed a, a, a socket to be able to get that socket got, in and i'm like
2: and then you gotta it's tell crazy. the guy yeah. who needs a new fixture at the end of the day <laughs>
1: that's ah. what you try and then they, they get sold on their idea and you gotta let them sell what they want <laughs> what yeah. they i got want. one
0: where i got jacked you want to hear that story i got jacked yeah
2: I got so, had the first project I sold. I got had for like 75 tubes.
0: Well, here, I'll tell you this story. Go so this, back <laughs> in the early two thousands, like we yep. used to get calls all the time from illegal marijuana grow ops, trying to buy <laughs> yeah. HPS lamps and ballasts yeah. and like weird, like 1500 watt and stuff like this. Right. Yeah. So Red this guy black. calls up And he calls up and he says, yeah, yeah, this is a Jack from Johnson Electric. Jack from Johnson Electric. I should have been kicked off right there, right? There's no Jack at Johnson Electric. Like, this is such a fucking lying name. Oh, such a lying name. Oops. Um, It's such a lying name. Like, you know, it's like, what's your name? Rob Robertson. (laughs) Nobody named Robert Robertson. Maybe there is. But, I mean, it's like, you see, I should have got tipped off right away, right? So, because there actually is a Johnson Electric. I didn't say the real name of the company, but. There actually is yeah. one, and I knew of it. So, and he's like, "Yeah, I need, a, I need, a, I need fifty h thousand watt HPS lamps and ballasts and this capacitors." And I'm like, "So I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, this is a great deal." I was cooking it up; it was gonna be like four <laughs> or five grand. And I was like, getting all hot, right? And I was thinking about I'm writing it all up, right? And then uh, I go to the guy; he still works here, Joe. And I said, "You know, we're gonna do this order, and I gotta call this guy back." And the guy's, like, he's like, "He wants to buy all this stuff, not in fixtures." I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah, and he and he and he says,
2: you know, What kind of facility is
0: it? yeah. He's like, no, this is this guy's this guy's growing dope, dude. You, like, don't get involved with it. it never works out good, right? Because they're criminals. Actually, at that time, it's not like now, where it's legal or whatever. These guys were full blown criminals at the time. Yeah, right?
2: it's very illegal to very illegal
0: people. what they I don't were doing.
2: Like, fifty is a lot of
0: a lot of them. Right. So he calls, I call him back and he's going to, he's going to like, screw that. I'm going to do this deal. This is going to be a thousand dollar commission for me. I'm going to do it. The guy's going to prepay with his credit card. It's none of my business what the hell he does with the light bulbs, right? It comes
2: so in. So the guy's
0: like, yeah, yeah, 20s.
2: yeah.
0: He's like, uh, can I pick it up at your supplier? Cause I'd have to bring it in because I need it right away. I'm like, oh, yeah, we can do that. Right. Just enough knowledge to be dangerous, right? Yeah, yeah we can set up a pickup <laughs> at our supplier. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't have enough money on my credit card. Can I put it on two different credit cards? <laughs> And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't see why not. Right. So I go and, uh, and I thing, write everything down and hard. I take the order and I go process the credit cards that go through. We get our money. The guy goes out to uh, the thing and and um, picks up the stuff. Everything goes great. I'm going to make my thousand bucks or whatever it was. Next day, next day after, boom, both credit cards were stolen. You guys so lo-
2: lost You lose money. the money.
0: Oh, for sure, dude. Hmm. So when a credit card bounces, the vendor so pays. he
2: does, so he double got you. He got did he get the lights?
0: Yeah, he got the. He went to the you supplier. Them out? No, he went to the supplier. Picked them up directly from the supplier. Oh. And then uh, how the many credit...
2: times do you think
0: he's done that? Jack, did that? John, did that? Jack Johnson first time. Yeah, Jack Johnson.
2: Great <laughs> Who at knows, the man? guitar.
0: He, so there's my Dang phone story.
2: Yeah.
0: Just enough knowledge to be dangerous. <laughs> at that time
2: um what's the largest cold call tube retrofit project you've ever done like quantity of tubes you know what do you mean by like a cold call yeah like they they didn't call you you hopped in on them oh probably 70 percent of my Sales, uh, yeah, I would say like, like almost, 100% almost 100% all, would
1: would right? Yeah, <laughs> okay, okay. yeah. <laughs> over time. So I mean, I don't. Know. I've sold jobs that are twenty thousand tubes, you know, something like that.
0: That's it. I would say same thing. It not yeah. not quite twenty thousand, maybe that's like sixteen thousand, something like that. Well, how big a, of a building know,
2: where is you? I guess school. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a. That's crazy. Like, do you guys? Because. Michael, do you do a lot of schools too?
0: No. No, just private schools, not school boards.
2: Okay, but I mean either like a chunk of your business is schools. Like do you have it like mapped out to like average elementary, you're looking at like no. between a thousand and fifteen hundred tubes, or is that too fine uh, point on it?
0: I, I don't think I think schools are a sector that especially school boards in Ontario, a lot of that is is a is spec and bid process and I don't like the spec and bid okay. process. It doesn't suit you. my yeah. business. I like the design build process. So I don't really do a lot of that.
2: Yep. Um, Greg, it was mentioned on the podcast a couple weeks ago that you sold 800 high bays. Um, how big was that facility and how long did that audit take you?
1: It was, you know, a couple hundred thousand square feet, probably three, four hundred thousand. I don't know the exact number, but good mm-hmm. size, obviously, to fit 800. That's huge. Um, and the audit itself, I think, took me two hours maybe to count. It's pretty open, so it wasn't too difficult um, from that standpoint. I've been in smaller buildings that have taken a lot longer, uh, but yeah. the process from start to finish was like four years. From when I initially counted it to when it's oh, all. when you did <laughs> so,
2: first Yeah. Okay.
1: And it was fluorescent before, and <laughs> now it's LED. So, or maybe it was even five years, I guess. Yeah. Did you Something sell like the
2: fluorescent or no? Did uh, you sell them no. the fluorescent tubes? No.
0: Okay. no. Well, my, lo- you're talking longest open to close with time?
2: Uh, I, if you exactly? have some of that, go that. Well, I'm just I'm just saying because like so I
0: remember this one company that I that I I cold called and then audited. They bought some light bulbs, so they bought a couple of cases of light bulbs on a cold call. I walked in off the street, hot. And the guy's like, "Yeah, I'll take a couple cases eight foots, a couple cases four foot box ballast." I sold it right, yeah, but it was a company they made they made screws, right? Mm-hmm. Like literally screws, right? thousands, yeah, millions, machine of shop, yeah. yeah, huge though, um, mm-hmm. the biggest one in Canada. And so I, I was talking to them. And uh, I'm like, you guys should change out these T12s and go, you know, T5HO here and T8 over here, and we'll do sensors. It was 2008. Mm-hmm. Job closed in 2018. <laughs> yeah, later, that's what's up. It's
2: the long haul. It's the long. I looked
0: con. at I looked at the uh, calls, the callbacks, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff, like on the list. Yeah. Ah, how many? It was like, well, it stopped because we adopted a new system in 2013. Yeah. 2013 <laughs> and 2018 yeah. it was like. You know, three hundred calls to the guy about the retrofit. Damn, twenty five meetings. Yeah, keep following up. folks. Yeah. It, it works. I know. Eventually, they're going to do it. They right? got bulbs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Eventually, they're going to do it.
2: Is Toronto pretty much tapped out for projects? Like, have most of the machine shops and offices and buildings been turned over to LED? So the market's already saturated. Because, like Minnesota, like it's still full of T 12s and T8s? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would say Ontario's is probably pro- I think when we last checked with the DLC, I think it was Greg that Ontario was the second leading jurisdiction for percentage of completion on LEDs, so like 55%, 60% something like that.
2: Okay. You yeah, know, your something. sales reps are hunting, it's just harder.
0: Yeah, I mean, we you know, I I I think it's the the uh the penetrate like way more competitors in Toronto
2: than there is in Minnesota per yeah, So you got to be better and There's smarter, way
0: more but, people doing it.
2: Like there's but just like people can easily like Johnny, like honestly, Johnny come lately comes in. The person's good at talking. The person that they're talking to, that's the decision maker doesn't know a whole lot about lighting. And they're just like, they're wowed on charisma and sign the line. And then those lights are dish.
0: Yeah. But those guys were right anyway. And, those guys were right anyway. I mean, back in 2015 or 16, nobody knew what the hell, who, what was going to last and what wasn't going to last. It was all, there was no such thing as quality. So the yeah. only thing that mattered was awesome. time in the game, right? So now on Toronto is the epicenter of Johnny Come Lately. Okay. <laughs> it's the epicenter because
2: uh, it has a I million, hang on, good. hang on.
0: Whoa. Hold your horse. It's got a million Chinese people or something like that in Toronto, like from China, right? So they're very connected to the mainland, and yeah. so they they they, they have connections the in the product. lighting business. Yeah, a lot of them have connections in the lighting business. When I went to China and saw these factories, I came back and I recognized the brands. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of them sell direct, so they'll send a guy over, a factory will send somebody to Toronto. He'll set up a oh. shop in Toronto. Oh man. And he'll just send his stuff to he
2: Toronto. Queens up, yeah. Yeah. Man. Because mm-hmm. ah, I guess it completely takes out any rep agency if they can just dish a guy into a, a market sure. that's wide open.
0: I bought 20,000 tubes from one of those guys for like 30 cents or something each. Just wanted to get out of the game when COVID started.
2: Really? So you just got to close them out? Did you watch yeah, them just come into the 50K, industry and then you got the to, got to
0: 50 knock K, them out? 50K time. Well, I don't care about knocking them out. They all, in a long story oh, short, they're fun, bro. though. I I don't have any spite. I don't really care either way. But he had all these 50K ballast compatible type A tubes. And so,
2: Uh, yeah, no. I I guess you can just slap them on your website and sell them for just as cheap. Contractors
0: come in and take a skid. Two bucks each, bud. Take them away. There's no warranty, but they're yours.
2: Yeah, who cares? They're 30 cents.
0: (laughs) No, they're two bucks for the end user or whatever, right? So there you go. I know, but even
2: then, for them, getting a tube for two bucks is still super good. Sure. Two bucks Canadian, buddy. I don't know. No, I can't. I don't know loonies and toonies.
0: For dime. Um, oh,
2: oh, nice. Watch it, Greg Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um. Throughout your entire careers of counting light bulbs, how have you had any really bad whiffs? Because like I know that your audit is supposed to be ninety-seven percent accurate, but we're human, so sometimes you could miss a couple of rooms. And I know that, like, when I was working for an ESCO a couple years ago, um, there were a couple audits that, like, I got dished to do the direct install for. And there were entire wings of areas that were missed. So it just kind of, like, put me in scramble mode when I was on site. So, like, from there, I was like, all right, I need these audits to be good so that, like, whoever I'm dishing them to can have a clean install. So I'm just wondering what your biffs are. I don't really uh, a definitely
0: a a is. You mean like a mess up?
2: Oh, like your, your audit wasn't a hundred percent and you missed a good chunk and you had to deal with it on the back end. Okay. You want to go first, Greg?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely happened. We've, I've had that issue, you know, personally. And then other reps that work for me too, I've have, have had that where you totally miss an area or you miss a count. I don't know, recall necessarily one offhand, but I know that there have been them. And uh, there's a couple of ways to do it. You know, when you when it comes up is first you admit it to the customer. I always think that's the best way say, hey, you know, I totally missed this and I need to do what I can. And some are understand, understanding and respectful to the situation and and they try to help and others don't. And the ones that don't, you have to be creative and try to figure out a way to at least cover your costs. You know, and sometimes you can do that with rebates and things. but It's never fun. So I always recommend getting as close to you as you can. Take the time to do it right up front so that you don't screw up at the end. See, that's
0: not a mistake. That's just a contract issue. If you have a good contract, you don't have to worry about the mistakes. So what you want to write in your contract is something like the scope of the work includes the items listed in the lighting schedule. Uh And the price per fixture is this and the price for the install is that. And should you have more than this, it's this. Right, and so if you screw up, right, you go in there and you screw up. Um, it's like, yeah, shoot, I'm really sorry that we screwed up.
2: Um, yeah, do you want us to stop,
0: or do you want us to operate on Clause Six Point One, which allows you to perch each additional fixture for one hundred and ten dollars? Oh no, no, you said you were going to do everything. Uh, no, I didn't. You said I was going to do <laughs> this. And I fucked yeah. up. I screwed up. Defined sorry, I the, keep swearing on this one. I don't know why.
2: The, 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 uh, <laughs> I'm talking.
0: sorry I screwed up, but I'm not paying, <laughs> I'm not giving you free lights. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: I'm not, I'm like, I'm sorry. It's all my mm-hmm. fault. And the are electricians
2: are reasonably priced. Our tubes are not. Yeah, I'm expensive. sorry. I, let me finish my point, man. Pictures. It's my show.
0: Don't interrupt me. Yes. It's my show. <laughs> it's my story too.
2: Yeah, go um,
0: for it. the uh the um yeah, I'm sorry that, you know, this one didn't go, didn't turn out the way, you know, we both imagined it to turn out. Mm-hmm. But you've got what the contract says you've paid for. Now, what I can do is discount it. What I can do is take you out for lunch and we can mm-hmm. talk about things or whatever. But I don't give away free lights, man.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, was that a buffer, too.
0: Um, yeah. I don't like buffers. Why? Um...
2: Utility. I think, says five percent is reasonable.
0: I don't care what the utility says; they're not in charge of me. I don't like well, a buffer. A pain. My my uh, the way I do my schedules is the lighting schedule I do is too specific for buffers. I don't like a buffer. Um, what exactly is a lighting
2: schedule? I,
0: okay, so a lighting schedule is an Excel file. This is my definition. Yep.
2: Okay, yeah. I, okay, I got it. It's
0: you. an Excel file that lists the room,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the and existing what, technology, the... how many. And then what we're going to replace it with the hours per year and then tabulates all that into like a list and then gives them the cost and the savings and all that stuff. That's what I call a lighting schedule.
2: You're in an airplane hangar with 40 foot ceilings. They have 75, six lamp T five 65 K high bays. What type of system did this most likely replace? What do you believe is the best way to replace this with LED? What information do you need to know to properly retrofit?
1: Okay, number one. So you said
2: it's a 6-lamp T8 and 65K? 6-lamp T5. Yeah,
1: oh, and 65K. K. Is that not,
2: does that not happen? 65K, not... Oh, 5K, okay. Is it yeah, yeah. 5K. I said 65K, but I, I get to be new and ask, Bad question No, I, well,
0: mean, I mean it's not. It's not outrageous. You wouldn't have three thousand k in an airport hangar. I mean that no, would be but, weird. But
1: what my point of asking that is because in a sixty-five, at least in a T8, a sixty-five k, you lose like at least five hundred lumens from a five k, at least. So it's going to be much dimmer than a, a six lamp T8 five k would be. A sixty-five k has less, less light, but let's not get there. So six lamp T5 um, is probably replaced a four hundred watt metal halide at one point. Uh, in my opinion, that would that would have been overkill, potentially. I mean, a four-lamp T5 might have been able to do it, but a lot of contractors looked at the rebate back in the day and said, I can get it for the same rebate for a four-lamp T5 or a six-lamp T5. I don't care that it's 100 watts more. Who cares about energy savings? Let's get the rebate and maximize that. So a lot of them just threw up six-lamp T5s. Um, so what, what do you replace it with now? There are T5 uh, Type B LED tubes, but they're typically not as high a lumen package as a, HL T5. So it might not give you the same light. Um, then your option would be a brand new fixture. And if you're six 6'9 T5, I mean, I don't know. You'd probably need to be in the, uh you know, 175, 200 watt range of an LED to make it equivalent for high bay.
0: I would say that instead of 40 foot ceiling.
2: Uh-huh.
0: I would look at how the fixtures were wired. So for example, what you might have is like one junction box and then a wire running to two fixtures. So they did a two for one on a thousand watt metal halide or something. So if I saw that, then I would know that that if I saw those wires like that, like often, like most of the fixtures are wired into one, two fixtures are wired into one box. I would know they did a two for one. Yep. Um, so that maybe be then it would be a thousand, but other than that, I would say it's four hundred watt. Um oh. I. it depends on the voltage. If the voltage was two seventy seven volt or less, uh I'd probably recommend, like if they asked me what to do, if it you know, I said, you know, knowing what I know, I would do a bypass T five HO uh retrofit on your existing fixtures. Be the cheapest thing to do, it would be I tell them like, you know, Hey, if something went wrong, I can just send you a new box of tubes and they just change them. It's like in two years, like we have a whole mass fail out in here. It's like, it's an easy problem to fix.
2: Well, um, really
0: yeah. And then the, the, you know, the manufacturers are very likely to support it, that, that kind of a um, catastrophic failure like that. And then, um, you know, if they said uh, we want new fixtures, um, You know, which would probably be double the price or three. What would you say, Greg? Double the price of tubes? Maybe triple, actually, in that. Triple. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually. Yeah. So I'd say to them, you know, like that's option one. That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if everything here is light level and energy savings and rebate, that's what I would do if I were you. And I also think it's a better solution. And then if they said, no, no, we want to do new fixtures, I would say, okay, well, we'd pick the fixture they want and I'd give them, give them the price. And then I think Greg nailed it in the lumen range. And and then, um, I don't know, would you offer them some kind of control over the fixtures now, Greg? Would you get into that? I don't think I would yet.
1: Yeah, if anything, a sensor built onto the fixture is the easiest way to go, always.
0: Yeah. Whether it makes sense here. What about Bluetooth mesh or something like that? Would you get into that with them yet? No, Who would have? About you, Greg?
1: At that height, especially, I don't know that I would. would, You know, to me, if I'm going to do Bluetooth, I want it to be tight, like an office where I can see my fixture, I can reach it. You know, that kind of thing easily. I don't want to have something floating 40 feet up. I hope can reach it.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, the only like I don't see any upside at all. Only hassles from a Bluetooth mesh system in that thing. It's like, well, someone's got to monitor it now. What are they doing with it? What are they going to do? I had a guy
2: who who's in a big. I think it's like 150,000 square foot facility that they recently did a full Bluetooth mesh connected system. He has a section of his production facility that has two very underlit areas in like a corridor that's like 100 feet. I took a picture of it, sent it to me, said, hey, can you give me new fixtures? I sent him an email that was just like standard Keystone and High Bay fixtures. And like, it just didn't work because those wouldn't integrate into the new system. I had to ask him what the existing system was to try and track down whatever product he currently had in there. And it was just like all this stuff just to add two fixtures that could be a thousand bucks, but is not.
0: Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that high bay open area application really has a lot of upside for controls. Yeah. Next question. those that control? Sorry. Uh, integrated, addressable,
2: IOT, Bluetooth yeah, mesh. having downstairs. it all talk to each other. Not sure if it matters. Um, you got a 75-watt metal halide recess can and a 12-inch office entrance, or a 12-inch can for the office entrance. What type of CFL are you retrofitting it with? What is the pin type huh. wattage ballast, if you got it in your brain?
1: Uh 70-watt metal halide? Uh,
2: 75. Or so I guess it would be 70. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it'd be a 70, and there's no way I would ever recommend a CFL. Well, this is pre-LED. Uh, Pre-LED. Yeah. What did we Induction. No, ceramic metal <laughs> <laughs> halide. No, it, no,
0: what about the screw-in? The, uh, the, <laughs> the high looms. Do
1: you remember those? High, uh, yeah, you could do like those big bombers. Yeah, like so the, what
0: you do is you, you – you, uh, I leave it. So you're talking horizontal base up, right? fixture. To, uh-huh. It's a recessed can. It's not it's not sideways.
2: It's it's no, it's directly down. Yeah,
0: horizontal base up. And so you got a big 12 inch, which means that the 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 bulb is probably pretty far deep into the fixture, right? So it's probably if it's a 12 inch, there's no flat panels with metal halide. If, if it's 12 inches wide, it means it's probably 12 inches deep too, right? So it's pretty high up there. i probably grab just like uh you know an an E26 Edison base uh uh disconnect the ballast run at line voltage and screw in a uh a 32 watt or 42 watt spiral cfl at 50k and bing bong bong
1: right <laughs> you're done and yeah. as long as it, it you got to check voltage on that yeah. but yeah that's, that's
0: i mean in canada we have 347 way. volt but you know we like for example like a lot of times you'll have combos of 347 and 120 and when you're going down wattage in the whole facility like you have lots of electricity available to you so what we yeah. would do is like maybe find the first line of it chop it from the 347 and Plug it into one of the other lighting circuits, and then, nah, it's now it's one twenty. <laughs> right, that's it. Screw that thing in. Yeah. So we do stuff like that a lot, right? Where other people wouldn't quote it. I love those things. I, I, I love, <laughs> I love a good weird application. That's where I make the most money. <laughs> You know, like you never go into those offices where there's two front doors and then it, it's two stories to make it look like a magical mystery tour company. They have a big, and then uh, the, uh, the reception uh, cool. desk is there at the front and there's like access only. You got to fill out a pass. And they would always have yeah. like 8, 10, 12 of those big, no
2: big there, nasty
0: yeah. HIDs up in the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'd love to do those. That, those were yeah. such good projects. You could also put a lot of times you could do a couple things. You could do that retrofit. You could do some LEDs maybe. But then you could also do some daylight harvesting because a lot of times the whole front is a window. Yeah. I love those applications. Those are one of my favorites. Those big-ass HIDs. Ooh, give me some of those <laughs> all day long. I'll make some
2: money for sure. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, what purpose does the plastic end of a T12 HO serve compared to a standard bi-pin? Recessed or Like like
0: It's so it can be sealed. So, on a uh, recessed double contact HO socket, there's a plastic uh-huh. seal. Yeah. Okay. So, when you plug that into there, it's sealing it. Uh-huh. Not, okay. I wouldn't say it's like a vapor type quite level, but that uh-huh. seals that recessed double contact base. So, that's the yeah. reason why you're using that.
2: Okay. Uh, what exterior retrofit options were available for HID before LED? Not many.
1: There were there That's were CFLs and and we did some. There were CFLs with reflectors that you could do like on the a wall. wall pack. Packs
0: were too tight, dude. You you always had oh. a reduction in light. I always yeah.
1: It was light. it was if you could even retrofit it. Otherwise, you did a new fixture that had a yeah. CFL in it. And there are some people that did linear fluorescence, you know, on pole lights. I, I know they're they still they out
2: horrible. There. Oh man, it's
1: disgusting.
2: T five ho buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gross.
0: Woo. Big ass thing sticking out, big paper tight coming out <laughs> at the end of the pole.
2: Oh, God. Four foot That's, long, flying out there. Uh, Not good. Man. Oh, man. Oh, ever? I've asked Greg a couple times, have you, guys ever, or have you sold any induction lighting? Never sold an induction fixture in my life.
0: Never sold an induction fixture in my life. They work. They last
2: so long. No, they don't. It, Yes, I don't know. Okay, my one example of it, they bought it ten years ago. It is still running strong. I like. I felt like that I shouldn't be replacing these, but I didn't get the sale, so it didn't matter. But
0: yeah, you know, I mean, I'm talking about
2: twenty.
0: Twenty. That's twenty it.
2: fixtures. <laughs> yeah,
0: I never yeah. liked induction. I and you know what. Induction was like the reincarnation. The guys that worked in, in induction was the reincarnation of the long life crowd.
2: Oh yeah. I Do
0: yeah. <laughs> you understand what on. I mean, Greg? It was the long life. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, Ryan, that was that was a big part of the industry from what the seventies to the
0: nineties. Yeah, yeah, long life, long life, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee. <That> like, <laughs> you got to pay twenty bucks for this T twelve because I give exactly. it a guarantee. Yeah. So you're buying it five times, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's a long, what's what's his warranty? What what are you talking about? Warranty. There's no warranty. So the long life crowd kind of reincarnated themselves with induction. I never, I always got like a weird whiff test with that induction stuff. And there were, (laughs) excuse me, there were some good guys that sold induction, but I never, I never liked it, man.
1: Well, we Um, are, uh, we're running up on something here, Mike. Mm-hmm. So One Ryan, more question. give us your best. Yeah, close it out with your best question there.
2: Oh man! And we what can repeat your...
1: another time if needed.
2: Yeah, uh, I got. Um, what is your favorite LED sale? Like, if you could pick the exact project that you would want to sell, and it looked aesthetically pleasing, and it was just perfect, happy customer. What do you? what are you offering and what do you what type of product are you doing
1: for okay it's hard to say i mean aesthetically pleasing is not always the best from a maintenance standpoint long term so if 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 somebody's looking at their long term ability to replace lights and do all that tubes are what i recommend if yeah. if they want a better looking fixture and their lenses are all nasty and cracked then the direct indirect center basket style led if it's a if it's an office or if it's a warehouse it's um you know a a high bay uh just a rectangle square high bay there's all sorts of them out there but uh not around high bay stay away from those um so i think you gotta you gotta answer that question first and then once that is answered you can do that and then if anything it would be to uh have potentially wall dimming and wall sensors, things like that, that are not network controlled. I like that idea. It gives them flexibility and it's pretty easy to do.
0: Um, my favorite jobs are, and we got to go in one minute, but our my favorite jobs to do are uh, f- the front facades of historical buildings. Nice. And um, I really enjoy learning about the building and why it's important and then preserving the look of the building and being able to add the facade lighting without wrecking any of the, the exterior white light. Yeah. Well, I don't know about white. Sometimes they want to go lower Kelvin temperatures. They want to change colors and stuff like that at night. They want to go purple, green, blue. They want to be able to do the Raptors colors. If they win the, the, um, the thing, they want to be able to change it. Right. That kind of stuff is fun. Yeah. I mean, that's that kind of stuff is really fun. Ryan Kruger. Thanks for being a guest on the get a grip on Lenny podcast, man.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate your guys' time.
0: No problem, man. Yeah, thanks, sure. man. That old nasty industrial fixture you have that you see, and the reflector is so dirty it can't be cleaned. It's burned on grease. Whatever, man. <laughs> you got to throw in that keystone. What do they call them, Greg? Integrated strip retrofit kit. I Boom!
1: Show it on the screen there. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, what, what color was that reflector? Was it silver? Was it white? I don't know brown now it's orange yep. <laughs> it's black <laughs> it's not what it was supposed to be it's not doing anything so you need to replace it right True. get rid of that thing way Clean that thing up and...
0: easier than taking i am so sick of people going it's so much easier to replace the fixture no it's not no. buddy i don't Think care about the what piping. anyone says i've been doing this for 20 years buddy it is 99 mm-hmm. percent of the time if it's good it's easier to retrofit and this product sure. is amazing, man. I forgot what it was called exactly, but I know exactly That's what they finger. mean. So, yeah, KeystoneTech.com coming out with another hot one just for the peeps. Come on, Greg. Go to KeystoneTech.com. That's dot com. Woo! And the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's N-A-I-L-D.org. Where it all started, man, Get a Grip on Lighting is basically just a representation of all of the beautiful people in Nailed and all the great conversations Greg and I had over the years. And eventually we just pushed record. And now we're here. That's how it worked. And of course, Ryan Kruger, it was your honor. I agree. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> to those who listened, thank you. Written on the rectory wall, there's a sign there for all. If you are lost, the Lord is there to find you.